This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. following platforms apple podcast google play spotify tune in stitcher soundcloud and podbean just search just the two of us podcast follow us on social media on facebook just the two of us podcast or on twitter we can be found at jttou podcast or follow us individually. You can find Steven at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y, or follow Tracy at Trayrific, T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? How's everyone doing? Well, how are you doing? <laughs> Hi, everyone. You mean yeah. me? I know. I forgot this was an interactive. <laughs> Someone's going to be like, yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> hey, we have an audience. Um, yeah, I'm fine. That's good. That's good. And I feel like we start off every podcast episode these days where we start off by saying, well, it's been a long time <laughs> I know. since we did a podcast. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Life happens, mm-hmm. you know, we get caught up in things and we're not as frequent as we like to be, but hopefully going forward we can we can still bring mm-hmm. you guys some content. Yeah. Um Well we did have something coming up, but we, it got delayed, right. Delayed we were gonna because... do something, but then the whole pandemic thing hit and then mm-hmm. movies were cancelled, sports were cancelled, pretty much life was cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> so but we're saving that in our back pocket and then mm-hmm. and, and when things uh, start to clear up a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna drop that episode on you guys. Yes, yeah, so we didn't mean to be gone for so long. Yeah, but but for this episode, I I thought this was a good thing to discuss because I, I came across this tweet, and it was a tweet from uh, someone on Twitter, and I'm just gonna read it for you guys, and we can go from there. It says, "Issa Rae is black. As a black creative team." Black lawyer, black writers, black cast, reaches out to other black artists and creators and roots for everybody. I'm not a fan of Insecure, but it's funny to me how she is the one who gets labeled as black for white people. And that was a tweet that was, I guess, in response to people who are going about talking about, I guess the people are just criticizing Issa Rae, uh, Insecure, and and her content and saying, I, I guess it's for, you know, it's... Mm-hmm it's not quite black. It's black for white people or white people's consumption. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk about this because I, <laughs> I just thought that was, that's funny that people feel this way. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I saw the tweet. You did retweet that, right? I didn't see that on my own. Um, yeah, I was very um, curious about that. And I read a lot of the comments underneath and a lot of people were feeling the same way that we felt and and we will share <laughs> how we felt about it but like yeah um it, it was a very interesting thing to tweet and i was very confused by it and as were you and a lot of people were yeah like and i mean i i didn't see anything specific to that point 
online anywhere, but I, I do understand that sentiment. I'm not surprised that people feel that way mm-hmm. about Issa Rae's work. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's funny because, like, you know, the, I think the, the title of this particular episode of this podcast is going to be We Are Not a Monolith. And <laughs> I, 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 I'm, 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 you know, pretty proud of that that title because it reminds me of the Key and Peele sketch with the, the black Republicans. And <laughs> they can say, we are not a monolith. <laughs> but... No, it's it's funny because I I find it interesting how a lot of, you know, black folks like to police black entertainment or black art Mm -hmm. and and say that, you know, try to, I guess, say that there's there's only a certain um, black experience that matters or that is authentic, which is to me is kind of ridiculous. So, I mean, I assume that some people's assumption, uh, you know, criticisms of Insecure is, I guess they don't like that the people in the show appear to be a little, you know, not a little more well off, right. I guess, than some some things we're used to seeing. And, right. you know, they seem maybe a little bougie in a way, mm-hmm. which is funny because, like, I mean, I don't think people who feel that way just have, haven't watched the show Insecure at all because, I mean, I think the show really you know, hits the, the full spectrum of, like, the black experience. To be yeah. quite honest, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, briefly, like, you go back to the first season and where her and Lawrence lived. I mean, it was not no. fancy Look, they, by any means. <laughs> they live next door to uh, a... a uh, 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 blood. blood. <laughs> yeah, he's a blood. <laughs> I, like, I don't know if he's a crip or a blood. They're a blood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's kind of they lived in a hood. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's like, and and she worked for a nonprofit and he was unemployed. And I'm like, so why do you think this is like? I mean, just because they have a few characters who are well off. You know, one yeah. character's an attorney, mm-hmm. and then you know whatever you know Tiffany is. I don't even know what she does. Hmm. Like. Question. They, they, I don't even think they ever addressed her job. I don't think they really job. ever addressed, yeah. Or, yeah, I don't remember what she did. But it's funny because I think it, it, it does, you know, hit the, the the whole wide spectrum because, you know, she worked for a nonprofit, but now she also, you know, has a different job. Lawrence has moved up in the world. He works for a tech company. Mm-hmm. Then you have you know, Molly's an attorney. But also, you know, they, they show the other side of life where, you know, her, you know, BF, her FB, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Daniel was like a music producer. Mm-hmm. Um, that one guy that Molly dated, Jared, was like a manager at the rental car place. Right. Um, there's people who's who's had different jobs. Not everyone here is just like you yeah. know making a bunch of money. So it's kind of weird that someone had that criticism mm-hmm. that about the what? show. Yeah, and I think the criticism. I don't know if the criticism is really for the show. Honestly, it's more. I think it's more about her specifically. Um, and I think it's more about the way it could be based on her character on the show, but it could be also, I mean, it could be a little bit of both is what I'm trying to say. It could be based on her character and then her in, in real life, just how she acts and, um, you know, how people feel. I think she, you know, the whole awkward black girl, you know, from, from, you know, being on YouTube and everything and kind of, you know, she kind of carries, she definitely carries that forward into her character here. Um, I never watched Awkward Black Girl, um, but from what I've heard, you know, her, that character, a lot of those traits are in this current character on Insecure. So it could be, I think it's, I think it's kind of a little bit of both, but I, I think it's more 
I mean, if you're criticizing the show in that sense, then that's to me a little bit off base. Cause like we just said, like there are lots of different characters on the show that not everybody is, is living it up. Like, yeah, like Tiffany is bougie <laughs> for sure. Likes the finer things in life. Um, and we don't even know what she does, but I mean, she, you know, definitely is bougie. But then you have Molly who, yeah, she works at a law firm, but Molly is, I don't know. She has a nice place. She dresses nice, but mostly she dresses nice because of work. Right. You know, you see her mostly when she's dressed up, it's usually her at work or coming from work or, you know what I mean? Like, and they're hanging out after work or something. Um, but even still, like, I, I mean... Tiffany is more bougie than yeah. <laughs> Molly. And Molly is the one with this high-powered lawyer job, which presumably she makes right. a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. And then they can all act a little ratchet. I mean, and you see all, how Molly acts, yeah, you know what I'm saying? exactly. The ratchet. Um, oh, we're forgetting about... Tip, uh, uh, Kelly? Kelly, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, I just feel like the criticism is... It may have to do more specifically with Issa... Um, on and off camera than specifically the show. Because I think people have, yeah, the people certainly have this uh, idea of what black people should be or this black experience. Mm-hmm. So they think like, unless you're like, you know, really, really, you know, deep in the hood or something, you grew yeah. up in the hood or talk about the struggle and, uh, you know, if that kind of stuff, then you're mm-hmm. not, you know, black, black. I know this is like an argument as old as time, but it, it, it apparently it's but, still but true today. But still, yes, yeah, something and, people still get on about, like go on about. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's definitely still going on, where it's like, yeah, Issa Rae is like, she's someone who's, she, you know, she comes off as awkward in her, in her product mm-hmm. and, you know, the content that she creates and that's the character she have and, you know, it's someone who's like, you know, you know, not fully confident mm-hmm. or not fully into, you know, the same things everyone mm-hmm. else is into. So, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's what people are just like latching onto. Yeah, she's silly. She's goofy. She raps in front of her mirror. Uh, you know, she has, you know, definitely awkward moments with people, um, you know, throughout the whole, you know, show so far, like lots of awkward moments. And, and that is what's really interesting is to say that she is uh, a black person would be very specific black person for white people and i'm like based off of her being awkward like are like since when does awkwardness equal whiteness if you will right, awkwardness or being and goofiness. white being I think, for white people I think right people think that like black folks and and and, and you know this kind of art of movies and television the black Characters always have to be cool. They have to yeah, be down. I was just gonna say that. They're not cool allowed to be corny or dorky, right. unless they're being the butt of the joke. Like if right. it's, if it's a dorky black guy, then you know, in a movie or something, he's definitely the butt of the joke. Like he's you think about the, he's the nerd. I'm thinking about yeah. Braxton from like the JV Fox show. Yes, right. right. You know, like he was a dork. He was nerdy. Mm-hmm. He was whatever. And but they played it out as the as the butt of the joke. Right. And that's the only time we're allowed to have black people who are just corny and not cool and right. not down with like the latest, you know, music trends or slang or whatever it might be. Yeah, and we I mean there's definitely other examples. I mean, I'm, I know you read a lot about Key and Peel when their show was on, a lot of people weren't feeling it was they, they seemed too corny and, you know, that sort of Which is quite the vibe. mistake. It's so funny cuz like I was a huge Key and Peel fan from mm-hmm. like the jump. From like mm-hmm. the very first episode, watched 
every episode and i thought it was so funny i mean not every sketch hit you know there are a lot yeah. of you know, duds out there but like for the most part i mean overall i was like it's a pretty good show they had a lot of sketches and that talked about a myriad of issues and yeah. and, and and different circumstances and but i saw a lot of commentary about them like oh you know they're just corny and i think part of it comes from like both of them are mixed you yeah. know like the, the you know they're uh, you know, parents are one parent's white, one parent's black, mm-hmm. and then not every sketch was like a Chappelle's type sketch. You know, right. people just wanted to compare them to Chappelle's show, and just because Chappelle was like the cool guy, right? You know, black comedian who is kind of like the heir apparent of people like Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. and people expected that, and they like to criticize Key and Peele. Like, oh, those, you know, they're corny. It's not funny, you know, or they're making fun of of black people. And I'm like, do you realize like how? Many sketches actually did not even do. They didn't even touch race or even made fun of black people. They were just like funny sketches, you know, right. just funny situations, and people use that to dismiss them. But it's funny because then you fast forward like six years later, and then Jordan Peele makes Get Out, and mm-hmm. then everybody, everybody's up all about all it, right? On his jock, and it's yeah. like because he made this uber, you know, pro black film mm-hmm. that you know really touched a lot of issues of race, which is funny. It's like a pro black film that had like have more white characters than black characters. It's like, yeah, it's right. like three black characters. It's like Daniel Kalua, Eric Alexander, and Lil Rel. So mm-hmm. it's it's funny, but people really were all on his jock after that. And I'm like, wow, like okay, you guys are dogging Key and Peel for the longest. Mm-hmm. And this guy was writing all those Key and Peel sketches. I mean they had a small crew but uh, mm-hmm. a writing team, but he was like the the driving force in most of these sketches. And it's funny just how people's perception change. And, and I, I don't know what it is, how I think people just hate people or dislike someone. Mm-hmm. So it's like a confirmation bias situation. If they don't already yeah. like someone and then they just use that to confirm that they don't like them when they start, you know, trying to criticize their art or what they do. Yeah. I mean, I see the same with Lena Waithe and um, comments I see about her on um uh, some of the message boards I, I frequent, and but I would it, I would I would go against you on that though. In, well, in the sense that I agree with some criticism of Lena Way. Well, overall, it, it's mixed because, like on Twitter, it seems people seem to like her for the mo- you know like like her work, like her for the most part. Um, but um, some of the other things I've seen on message boards. It, it's complete. It's complete opposite and same thing. Like the criticism that Issa gets, um, it's even. I think it's even worse with Lena um, that she caters. That people feel like, in some areas, feel like she caters specifically to a white crowd. And I mean, we can get into you know specifics. I guess you know in terms of her being a lesbian, but like, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see that. Given the sh- all the shows that she's come out with, um, I don't know what were you gonna say. You're no, itching yeah, no, to say. No, so. I was gonna say you said that like you know people say she caters to white crowds, and and I'm gonna read you a quote that I saw on Twitter. I guess you could say this is like the Twitter podcast because a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff comes from Twitter. But someone said Lena Waithe writes like a white professor who teaches black studies. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and another person wrote in response to watching Queen and Slim mm-hmm. that Lena Waithe wrote, they questioned whether she's actually met a real black person. And I, I want to necessarily agree with, with that. I want to go, I want to be as strong as that okay, with the criticism yeah. of her. But I understand where they're coming from, where a lot of the characters, it seems that she writes, 
don't feel like real characters, real black people. And and and, and in my sense, it's not even necessarily a situation of like social class of mm-hmm. you know she only writes a certain social class of people, and then that's not how people really are. It's more of like the actual characters themselves don't seem like real characters. They feel mm-hmm. like you know maybe stereotypes or archetypes that aren't fully fleshed, and it's kind of like did you. Did you really workshop these characters? They, they say things and they have yeah. character traits and there's things about these characters yeah. the, that are, you know, the 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 you know, the characterization of them mm-hmm. just seems off as if like mm-hmm. it's someone who isn't particularly of the culture but then they're writing based on other stuff they've seen about the culture. So I guess that's where this, when someone's coming from saying like they write like a white professor yeah. of black studies, it's like, okay, you're not a black professor, you haven't lived this experience, but from you are teaching it from an academic perspective. Like you mm-hmm. you know, it's it's all academics to you. It's it's more of a theory based thing rather than a clinical I actually like live this life situation. Yeah, I don't know. See, here's the thing with her because um, so we never saw Queen, Queen and Slim and I watched the first season of Boomerang and definitely a lot of those things that you pointed out, I can say, yes, I felt that a lot of the characters on the show were, eh, it's really hard. Like, it's very hard. I mean, if, if I'm going to be real and specific, a lot of, I didn't, I'll just say this. I didn't care for the show. I felt like it was probably not my demographic. I mean, I'm over 40 and these were young, like late twenties characters. So anyway, I'll say right off the bat, probably this is not my show because it's probably not my demographic that she's trying to reach out to. But um, on that particular show, there was a lot of the writing that felt really um, surface level like very surface like yeah like let's look in a book and like pull out all the like well not all but like some stereotypical black characters if you will you know and I don't know if I can say that is her fault because she has a writing staff and in the credits I don't think she ever I don't even know if she wrote any of those episodes. Maybe the first one and mm-hmm. and typically the you know, people like that. She's the executive producer. She probably wrote the first one and the last one, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But I distinctly remember looking at the end of some of the episodes and she did not write them. So that could be I'll give her the benefit of the doubt with that particular show. Um, that maybe she did not invest, you know, a lot of time curating that show and how the characters should be and all that stuff. Right. Now, people seem to like the shy. So I can only assume, and I mean, people like Boomerang too, <laughs> but I've never seen the shy people. That seems to get a lot of good feedback from what I've seen. So maybe she has taken more time to write on that show or give more thoughts about the writing on that show, because, you know, this is, I think that was kind of like her first you know, major prod project and, you know, she's from Chicago. So maybe she injected more of, you know, what she wanted into that show. Mm-hmm. Because again, I see mainly really good reviews about that show. Um, and I have seen the boomerang uh, critiques. A lot of the critiques that I had about it, I've seen those online, but again, I've seen people love the show. So 
I I see what you just said. Like I see all of that. I see like yeah, I can I can understand that um, aspect of how she writes. It can come across like a little like tone deaf, a little like she's just cracking the surface of what black people are. But I'll say this, and yeah. then I'll let you go. Okay. I'll just say this, and we talk about this all the time when it comes to writing, whether it's TV, whether it's movie or whatever, but people, you know, we always talk about how people write what they know. That's kind of like what you're told, write what you know, write what you know. Is it possible? That's what she knows. That's what she knows, because I don't know her background. I don't know where she, uh, she grew up in Chicago, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, did she go at some point to private schools? Did she hang around a lot of white people? <laughs> like, did she, you know what I mean? Did she yeah. develop at some point in her life? You know, and this was a good comment. Just another thing I just saw as a comment under the Issa stuff. Somebody commented that, and this is kind of, is like me a little bit. Somebody commented that although they obviously, like, they're black, they grew up in a black family, they went to, like, schools in the suburbs and so they have this kind of like you know dichotomy of how they grew up and in their schools they didn't learn a lot about black history Mm -hmm. and also at home they didn't either and i and that's kind of like me like i i went to you know from seventh to 12th grade i went to a predominantly white school and at home yeah i grew up watching like black stuff if you will but like my parents didn't like enforce other aspects of black culture like i wasn't reading certain books and things and so, so you didn't have like a poster of black jesus on the wall and not no like we Malcolm didn't. X and, MLK and that kind of stuff hands. like no definitely no no that was too too much for my mom and dad you know but we did but we had relatives that did right. you know and and that's whatever i didn't question i was just like okay cool you know whatever but that wasn't what was in my home so so back to um Lena, I don't know the extent of her her background like that. Like maybe she got a little bit of black, you know, uh, upbringing at home, but then you know maybe out in the world she was around other folks. I think yeah. it's kind of evident. Well, yeah, at I some mean, point, and it's perfect. You know? It's perfectly fine. And then and that's and I, I guess that's trying to me. I'm trying to say is in my criticism of her work isn't necessarily rooted in like. Oh, this isn't how black people are mm-hmm. as in like these are bougie, you know, black people or these are upper class black people and black people aren't right. like that. It's my criticism of some of her work is actually rooted in like they just don't feel like real people. The people. characters right. just got just, just kind general of general overall. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, the generally I just think they're like they're they're well written characters. Like mm-hmm. I'll be quite honest, like I haven't of the things I've seen that she's done since then, like I've seen some uh boomerang, I've saw some of tw- uh, 20s or the new mm-hmm. show she had yeah. on BET and there's nothing to me has is, is been nearly as good as uh, the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None from mm-hmm. the second season that she that she wrote right and knowing that that was really really good you know mm-hmm. she won an Emmy for it versus the stuff that's come after that makes me wonder it's like well was that like a one-shot deal I mean, and it's not just based on like the stuff that I've seen, just based on like you said the commentary and the reviews yeah. I've read of her other stuff that I haven't seen myself personally. It's like, wow, is was Master of None like the only really good thing that mm-hmm. she's done unequivocally? Mm-hmm. And is that like a, a fluke situation? Yeah. But I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, 
But I mean, I think yeah, she's an example of another person that some people think, well, she you know, well, she's not writing about stuff for black people, and you know, she's mm-hmm. only supporting black people. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I want to go as far as to say that mm-hmm. my criticism is really more about the actual substance of Sub- yeah. of her of her characters. But I know? think that could be where people get that from, though. Maybe it, it lacks yeah. the quote unquote black substance that people feel they want to see, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in black characters, maybe that that's why it is. It's like, there's a lot of commentary about like, which is again, weird. Cause I mean, she was married now she's not, and she's married to a black woman, but like a lot of commentary seems to think that she's now going to end up with a white woman. And I'm like, where, I mean, that's again, people. is it because of this lack of black substance from her characters? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the assumption. You know, people just assume things about you. It's like because when you, if, yeah, you're not. If you, if, if it's like if you see someone, and like you hear them talk, like someone in entertainment, yeah, you hear them talk, you hear that what things they say, that the way they say things, yeah. the vernacular they use, and then you might in your head have a preconceived notion of like. Yeah, they're married to a white person, or they're dating yeah. a white person. That's just, <laughs> yeah. that's just how people are, you know. You yeah. gotta get that feeling sometimes. So that's probably why they they get it because they mm-hmm. they don't associate the stuff that she does with, I guess, the the quote unquote black experience, whatever that may be. Yeah, or, and totally discounting that there's different. I mean, it's a huge spectrum of, of black. Yeah, we get into that. That's I mean, that's what I mean. We're getting at with this is that you know we we're not a monolith. We have lots of different experiences. Not all of us obviously grew up the same you know and that and that's going to continue not all of us are going to you know future generations they're not going to grow up the same and it seems to be kind of like this list that we have in our head that if you if you didn't grow up struggling if you didn't grow up damn near poor low income if you didn't grow up like you know going to the church, you know, being brought up in the church, if you didn't grow up like going to certain even grocery stores and dressing a certain way and listening to certain music, then you're not black enough. And we, and I haven't even touched the color part. If you're not dark enough, you know, and that's a whole other issue that we've been dealing with for centuries. So it's like all these things, it's like, it's 2020. Like, when are we going to get away from these things that we are, all not going to have the same experiences growing up. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Cause I'm, I mean, I don't have like the same experience as a lot of people. I didn't grow up in the church. I mean, I went to church occasionally as a kid with my grandmother, but mm-hmm. uh, my immediate family, my mother and father and brother, like we weren't like going to church. We weren't listening to gospel music every Sunday. There's certain things about us that mm-hmm. you know weren't, I guess, the quintessential you know black experience, so right. to speak. And it just makes me think, you know, as I take a little sidebar here of, you know, Tyler Perry. Mm. And I promise I'm not going to bash Tyler Perry. I've done enough of that. (laughs) I've done enough of that in my life. (laughs) But I'm always down for it. But I'm not going to do it now. But uh, with Tyler Perry, like, for some reason, I think a lot of people like Tyler Perry work. It's like, I guess this reminds them of their family. Like, you know, the big Medea. Like, everyone's got a Medea in their family. And, you know, people always, like, think there's, you know, people like that who who play those those. Those characters that he does are very, very broad characters. Yeah. And a lot of people see themselves or their family in it. And I'm like, no. I didn't have any, <laughs> I'm saying no in the sense of, of yeah, my personal you, right. We didn't have any, like, Medeas in our family. No, we didn't, we have didn't a, either. Anybody like that at all. Like, a lot of the things that happen and, you mm-hmm. know, 
in the in the in his films, I'm like, no, like that that's not the the total black experience, you know. Yeah. And I'm not and, and I'm 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 black. I'm not like you know, hotep blackity black black like I'm black mm-hmm. y'all from like you know CB4. But like, dude, like I went to a black school. I grew up in a black city. You know, everyone mm-hmm. was black. Everybody in my family is black. Mm-hmm. I watched black TV shows growing up and black movies and everything else. But I'm also now on the other hand, like, you know, someone who's gonna like, you know, break down, you know, the certain aspects of like the civil rights struggle <laughs> and yeah. you know, talk about all these things. I'm not that person either. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it should my blackness be questioned or if, you know, if something mm-hmm. If I if I watch something and it doesn't necessarily reflect my life or my interests, I'm not going to dismiss it saying it's not black enough or that's yeah. not the black experience. I just mean it as yeah. I just think of it. Well, there's different you know there's different parts to the the black experience. There's rich people, there's poor people, there's middle class people, yeah. there's blue collar, there's white collar. There's there there's everything. There's people who are a mixture of of all of that, you know? Right. And that's what I think is, a, is what that kind of insecure is. Like, going back to, like, Molly, and, and mm-hmm. Molly is, like, someone who's, you know, she's an attorney. She's worked for these big firms, you know, dealing, doing deals and, you know, going to trial over things. But also, she, you know, can act a little, quote-unquote, ratchet. You know, she could turn it up and get mad at you and, mm-hmm. you know, act a certain way or, you know, refer to people a certain way. And so it's... It's it's really it's not that simple, but I think a lot of people, especially when you're online and we're talking about like Twitter and social media, those people are, for lack of a better term that I can't think of right now, are simple and they're simple in their <laughs> they're, they're simple in their assessment or analysis yeah. of this like entertainment product where it, it has to be a certain kind of blackness. If it's not, then they're going to talk about it. But then on the other hand, these are the same people where if you if they were to watch something that talked about like the black struggle of you know, a, a lower class blue collar family, mm-hmm. and, you know, but they'll be mad and say, why, why you always got to show this? Why do black folks always yes, got to be struggling? You exactly. know, exactly. Like what, it, what is it? What do we want? Do we want to just see the struggle or do we want to see people like actually doing some stuff and being upwardly mobile and having degrees and having these doctor jobs and lawyer jobs and whatever on, on the big screen on TV or what have you like, Yes, like it goes back and forth. Like it's very frustrating. And I mean, we can show it all really, you know, in in theory, we can show it all because because we all go through different things. We all have uh, different upbringings and whatnot. So we can literally see it all. But it, it pains me a little bit, though, when the upwardly mobile side is shown and it instantly is, oh, she's sold out. Like that's, I've seen comments about Issa selling out and that it's white. Oh, she's acting white. This is white stuff. And I'm like, since when is making money (laughs) and having a good job and having a nice place to live and having a car and being able to like do things and travel white? Like, why is that so bad that, yeah that's that because that's been ingrained in some people's lives mm-hmm. that like that makes you white or the whole talking proper english makes uh, you white yeah. and, it, and it's just terrible that people like feel that way you yeah know? It's, it's weird i just feel like you like you haven't been exposed to like other kinds of black people i mean yeah that's that's the that's the funny mm-hmm. thing you know it's like i don't i mean i don't know it's like i, I will also say that the same Criticism, as especially recently, 
has been lobbed at like Kenya Barris mm-hmm. for you know his shows because like you know they did the same thing with Blackish. Yeah, a lot of people talked about Blackish was like for white people, and mm-hmm. then Blackish, you know, because they they didn't like the fact. Well, they criticized the fact that like they were like rich in a mm-hmm. way. I mean, you know, Dre's a marketing executive. His wife is an anesthesiologist, so they make really good money, have a really nice house, mm-hmm. and then people try to dismiss that as like not the black experience. And I'm like. It pretty is black experience. I mean, yeah. it's a black experience of people in that situation. It's you one know? aspect of it's, it's one aspect black of black experience. And, it's, yes. and, and 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 for both parents, you know, they didn't grow up rich. Like neither yeah, one of them grew right. up rich. Like you know, it's like it wasn't like they were rich their entire. Like they actually mm-hmm. moved on up in a way. Like you mm-hmm. know, Weezy and George. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that the criticism has been lobbed at them, like at, on that show. And, but that's also one show that, that does have, like, a, a, I guess would say diverse writing staff where it's not just all black writers in a, writing, a writer's room. There's mm-hmm. there's some white writers, white producers, white directors, but there's also a lot of black people, too, you know? And I think a lot of people say these things without actually, without actually looking at the credits or looking up IMDb. Yeah. And they have these preconceived notions, like, of oh, the shows just made by white people. And I'm like, uh, no, if you actually look at the credits, you'll mm-hmm. see, like, half the people in that room are, like, black. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe f- 35 to 40% of them are women, you know? Mm-hmm. But people don't people don't dig that deep into it. Mm-hmm. So they like to criticize, you know, the show for that. And I know that really popped up with, like, Black AF, you know, mm-hmm. for the Kenya Barris' Netflix show. I remember when they first... When they first like showed images of it, like this was a few months back before it premiered, uh-huh. of like the cast. They said what the cast was, and they said Rashida Jones is on the cast, and they t- and they showed like a, like a little trailer or a teaser that was released. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Twitter, social media went up in arms because Kenya's wife, played by Rashida Jones, was like light skinned and the mm-hmm. kids were light, and they were like. He's, you know, he's engaging in colorism. All these people are mm-hmm. light skinned and he doesn't care about black people. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, do you people even pay attention to these things? Because much like blackish, mm-hmm. black AF is like based on his life. Mm-hmm. And in his life, his wife was mixed, mm-hmm. white and black. Mm-hmm. And in his life, his kids were light skinned. So yeah. most of it came from you know, his his right. wife's side where they were they were lighter in tone. Right. But people would accuse him of colorism. I'm like, dude, if it's based on his life, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, do you expect him to to, to make it completely different from yeah, his life? Yeah, that if would it, be weird. That would be weird if he's saying it's based on his life. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I don't, and it's it's funny, like, because people are upset about that. I'm like, yo, you should be more upset that he keeps making the same show over and over yeah, again. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, don't like, be upset. we already got this. <laughs> we already did it with Blackish. There was no reason for him to make a new Blackish instead with him living, you know, with him yeah. playing the role and, you know, with, you know, this more of this faux documentary, curb your enthusiasm type deal. Right. Uh, uh, presentation of it. Like, you should, you should be more concerned with that, not concerned with the fact that the people are light-skinned on the show. Right. And it, it's, I think it's just the reason for people to just, I don't know, I guess it's, I guess that preconceived notions. People don't like somebody mm-hmm. and they find reasons not to like them. And because people then, you know, they don't, they say some of the same things about mixed-ish or grown-ish. And mm-hmm. I'm like, where is like the colorism in grown-ish? Like, what? They got black people on grown-ish? 
Oh yeah, you know? there's a lot of talk about like everyone's white skin. I'm like, no. they are <laughs> really they, they, they are like right. uh, yo, what's his face? Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> he, right? Light Chloe and Hallie, they they light skin. Oh, yeah, like, light skin. I think we all have different Diggy ideas of what Simmons isn't light skin. Yeah, I'm you like, know? okay, we must have different definitions of what light skin is these days because yeah, I I just don't I just don't see it. But yeah, that. Yeah, the colorism thing, that's going to just be forever. Like, but I, my answer to that now is if you're going to go online and complain about that stuff, hey, no one's stopping you for going and writing your own stuff. Like, create yes. your own stuff. Create, you know, YouTube is free to create. I understand you just can't go and write something and get it sent to Hollywood and put it, you know, it's going to be on TV, it's going to be on the big screen, whatever movies. But like, yo, create something. Because guess what? That's what Issa did. <laughs> right. That's what she, she hustled and she worked her way up. And even before Insecure came along, I think she had two other shows yeah. that didn't go anywhere with HBO. Yeah. Like yeah. she's been hustling for the longest, mm-hmm. trying to get trying to get a show. And then finally, Insecure is the one that popped off. Right. You know? And um, people, and it's easy. I mean, I know it's a kind of cliche to say that kind of stuff, like write your own stuff, but I think it really applies yeah. in this situation. If, if you're going to lob this criticism at something where, you know, I really don't think it's it's fair criticism. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. Well, then write your own thing. Like, right. you, you can do it. If you want to make a show where everyone is dark-skinned on the show, yeah, everyone on the show works a, a, a middle-class job or lower-middle-class job, mm-hmm. and they all listen to hip-hop, and then they all use, yeah. you know, the up-to-date slang and vernacular, then go ahead and do it. And, you know, I guess, like, I don't know if it's a, it's, it's a generational thing, I'm not gonna bag on the millennials <laughs> on the podcast, the younger millennials and the Gen Z folks. I don't, I don't know who said, I don't know who's out there making these comments. But what I will say is, back in our day, we had plenty of. It was mostly sitcoms, but we had plenty of sit black sitcoms where people were like firmly, I think, middle class. Yeah, we right. Ran, they ran the gamut. Like, yeah, we grew up like. I mean, when you think about the shows we grew up watching, we grew up watching stuff like you know, Saffron and Sun and Good mm-hmm. Times. We also had Jeffersons. the Jeffersons, and yeah. then we also had Amen, Cosby Show, Different World. Mm-hmm. You know, Martin, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. We had Brandy's uh, Moesha. We yeah, had Moesha. Moesha. We had In the House. We had Hang with Mr. Cooper. Mm, yeah, that was on um, daytime. But like, yeah, we had Living Single. Um, Girlfriends. I mean, the, we've had so many shows. Ran the gamut of from lower class to, to upper, upper class. class light in terms skin, of dark that. skin, everything. Yeah, you know? right. And it's just so, so I don't know who, again, I don't know where these comments come from, but I always feel like, I'm like, either y'all are not really paying attention to what you watch or you're just young <laughs> and you just don't know and you don't know about all these shows, which which I understand because a lot of the shows from the 90s are not in syndication. Like we don't, they, I mean, BT was showing some things, but like we don't really see, like I was just saying in the house, like we don't see that on air. We don't see a lot of yeah. these shows. Like it's like when we were young coming up, like there were shows, it's not black shows, but we saw a lot of the older shows from our parents' generation. So yes. we, we saw like the Brady Bunch and we saw I Dream of Jeannie and we saw like all of these types of shows when we were kids. Yeah. So these kids now, they're not seeing all yeah, those shows. You know. It's funny you say that because I ju- was just having that conversation a couple of days ago with some people on Facebook how mm. growing up, like I watched all that stuff in syndication. Yes. I used to watch like Green Acres and yes. Billy Billies yes. and 
you know, all the those shows growing up. I Dream of Genie, yes. Big Wish, the, yes, things that predated like my when I was born. Yeah, you know? stuff that was on like in the. 50s, in the 60s, 60s right, like, early 70s before I right, was even born. 70s, right. and, and we used to grow up watching that kind of stuff. And I think mm-hmm. like that allows us to really appreciate mm-hmm. good television or and the diversity of, of television that's like out there and, and available. Because I was right. able to watch all the older stuff that predated me and also get into the current stuff and mm-hmm. then going and being able to watch new stuff. But like you said, kids today, I guess... They're not kids, but you know, but you know, people, teenagers, teenagers and, guess, and millennials 20s, and Gen yeah. Z and all those folks. Maybe they don't, you know, they didn't have the opportunity, you know, right. to watch that kind of stuff because of the way things are. I mean, there's no real syndication anymore. I mean, stuff is, yeah, is streaming, it's, it's but very it's like scattered where you find you might find something yeah. like on on a on the weekends on like a BET or. Right. Or maybe on Nickelodeon, they might have some stuff. Right, other shows like that. I'm but not even think of what networks TBS even show or, things. Or like, WGN or something. Because it seems so readily available to us. It just seemed like, yeah, like uh, ch- Channel 50 for those. Like I feel like we saw a lot of those yeah. classic shows um, on just regular Yeah, we TV. did all the time. All I mean, the time. We so much. So right. we were able to know like there's a there's a myriad of experiences out there that have been depicted. Right. And shall continue to be depicted. But mm-hmm. I... I mean, I, I guess essentially maybe this is just a situation where, and it gave us good like opportunities for content now, is just not listening to Twitter. Like Twitter amplifies things. Yeah, maybe right. it, Maybe it's not that big a deal. Maybe it's only the typical Twitter people are just <laughs> yeah. amplifying this Which and making happens. this a big deal. It's a bubble. Twitter is a bubble Twitter and it makes bubble. you think that everything that they're saying there is like everybody thinks that. I've been saying this for a while. Twitter is both means everything in the world and nothing, nothing. in the world. It's exactly. a ama- it's amazing thing with with Twitter where it can mean so much but it also means so little at the very same time cuz like I don't generally had these kinds of discussions with people outside of Twitter. Yeah, you know right, what I'm right, exactly. But, you, but yeah. then you look on Twitter and then you see all these comments about Lena Waithe and Issa and then Kenya Barris and yeah. Blackness and I'm like, "Really? Like do, do people feel like this in real life? Because I've never right. had any conversations with friends in real life that say these these types of it's, things. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe on the uh, in the olden days, maybe if we were uh, uh, if we had these sorts of TV shows and people making these sorts of TV shows back in the day, in the days of like I don't know Black Planet, <laughs> maybe we would have like discussions on those types of forums i don't know wow, aol you, chat <laughs> you went back to black planet I bp wow i mean because where else would like I, you know yeah i mean we could have them in real life maybe but i i don't know i don't i don't know what online things we did back then we would have discussed this irc irc i never use irc uh, the irc <laughs> things were popping on irc you don't know man the different channels <laughs> talking so about of irc yeah yeah so yeah i think yeah like you said twitter is the place where it's like it can mean everything and people just go in and just go on long diatribes soliloquies as i like to say about certain topics and then i'm like it doesn't matter at the end of the day it doesn't matter you're literally talking to the same group of people every day, you know, in essence, about these things. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of like, <clears throat> excuse the, the, the crassness of it, but it's like a circle jerk. It's like, it's, it's, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's an echo chamber mm-hmm. of 
someone talks about I I hate so and so I hate so and so she's whack and then like all the other people who follow them join in and agree and then they're just all going back and forth just talk about how you know how whack somebody yeah. is and how they don't like them and it, it really is like an echo chamber and but yeah. it is but we like we do it to ourselves where yeah. we'll see it and we'll engage it and then we're thinking like why has someone do it like this is so dumb this is a dumb <laughs> this is a dumb yeah, thesis a like no Issa Rae is about black people she she hires black people she says she's rooting for everybody black like there's black people who work on her shows like right. I don't understand why people are saying this so we do kind of like I guess foster it because we engage in it. Right. Maybe that's the moral. Feed the beast. That's the moral of this episode is like don't engage. Right. (laughs) Don't feed the trolls. I guess exactly, exactly. Because it's so easy to, and you know, especially now, everyone's at home, (laughs) so people are bored. I mean, you probably got people who've never been on Twitter these days coming onto Twitter, finding these things, and just going in because yeah, yeah. What what else are we doing? (laughs) We're not going out. Yeah, we're definitely not doing that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I think that's that's the moral of the story. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't have anything else. I mean, I think we we pretty much we covered it. We we covered it, mm-hmm. and we 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 nailed it. There's no. We are not a monolith. <laughs> There's a wide spectrum of black right. experience, and we run and, the gamut. And even on Twitter, yeah. we're not a monolith. We do not all have to agree on the same things, but yet, for some reason. That's how it can be. So even on Twitter, there's this group that it's like, if you don't agree with us, you know, then you're not black enough or you don't understand this black experience. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny when you related to that. I, I also feel bad sometimes on Twitter where there's people I follow and they don't like a certain like celebrity or somebody. And then like they like trash them. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like. I don't mind that celebrity, and then like right. so I just I just keep my mouth shut because right. I'm like, well, be I don't say anything because because I like these people, respect them, so it's like, oh, I like this, yeah. these people that I follow, and you know, people I've interacted with online, it's like, oh, I hate so and so, so and so, and like that person's trash, and that person does this, does that. Yeah. I told you all about that person, and then I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. keep scrolling, yeah, just keep scrolling, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Either like I like the person they're talking about, or like I just have no opinion of them, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, like you really hate that person, okay, well, yeah. Okay, right. move on. Mm-hmm. So that 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 happens a lot. So yeah, oh, good old Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that's all I have to say. Yeah, that, <laughs> me too. That's a was a good time. Good bio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed myself. It was good to get back into the flow of things. You know. Yes. You maybe we will while. do more of these. <laughs> maybe we will. Since we're, we're home. <laughs> we're, we're, we're stuck home, so we will, we'll try to get more of these out to you guys. Um, if you guys, you know, liked the podcast, then drop us a review on the different formats, iTunes or excuse me, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Google Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. Leave a five star review, leave yep. some comments, let us know. Or hit us up on Twitter because <laughs> hit us up clearly on Twitter. That's we're, where we we're, are. We are on Twitter. So <laughs> you can always hit us up. And uh thanks everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>